a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we answer your email questions. So you email me from time to time. And by time to time, I think we have like 600 emails this week. So uh, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's not an exaggeration, 600. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Rough week for the U.S. America this week as we uh, had that awful tragedy in Las Vegas, Nevada. I don't know about you, but I've been walking around in a fog all week of sadness and despair. I do not feel really good. It's been a, it's been a challenging week. Uh, Nicole, I was also on the road for a, a temporary amount of time. I was, uh, where'd I go? Denver? You were, yeah, you were in Denver for a whole day. Denver for a whole day. I went to Denver. I changed my flight plans because they wanted me to, I, they, the ubiquitous they. I was supposed to do an MSNBC satellite interview uh, on Wednesday morning, but then with everything happening in Vegas, that never happened. But then I had meetings in Denver. Anyway, I'm back. Oh my God, travel is almost wrapped up. I'm, I'm sort of sick of flying, I'm going to be honest. Sort of sick of flying. Although, Nicole, you see my little story about my friend Terrell on my flight to Denver? I did, Pete. That's the kind of Twitter that I want right now. That's that's what I need I on my feed. That's some good feel. If you miss it, go to uh, twitter.com slash Pete the Planner and check out my Twitter feed from Tuesday night. Uh, I sat with a young man. He was nine years old. He was going to see his dad who is staying in Denver to get back on his feet, as the kids said. Just a nice kid. He was flying by himself the first time. You know, he was smart. He was excited. He got an A on a spelling test that day. B minus on reading. And I said, Terrell, you're such a good speller. How do you get a B minus in reading? So we talked for two hours. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to the email uh, inbox. So while this is all going on, while, while well, there's a tragedy in Vegas where just sort of sadness uh, prevails, on October 2nd, which I believe to be Tuesday, is that right? Am I making things up? Maybe Monday? Monday. Monday. Monday is Monday. I get the following news alert during, to my Gmail. Yeah, as a, as a uh, public figure, I have Google searches to my name uh, sent to me just in case something's getting weird. And this is our first email. This is a letter to the editor of the Indianapolis Star. Nicole, I've not shared this with you yet. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if you should be. Oh. Uh, so I wake up. I wake up like everyone on Monday morning, and the y- y- you see the tragedy in Vegas, right? I mean, you checked your email or phone or whatever, and you're like, oh my gosh. Next thing I check is this from the Indianapolis Star: letters to the editor, October second. Headline, Pete the Planner is clueless. Obviously, Pete the Planner has no clue what it's like to live in a family where the breadwinner works full-time at a minimum wage job or two jobs. Peter Dunn, in his... First of all, don't ever call me Peter Dunn. (laughs) You are not my mother. Peter Dunn, in his October 1st column, Hard Choices Can Start Saving During Paycheck to Paycheck Life, uh challenges whether living paycheck to paycheck is really involuntary for many families. He assumes families are not making the hard choices needed to have savings accounts. While he concedes, Nicole, this is the operative point where I just, I'm already upset and sad about the world. And then this is where I lose it. While he concedes that sometimes the culprit is low wage, he glosses over this and gives simple uh, exercises for figuring out how to reduce discretionary spending. Okay. I'm going to stop reading the email because it just goes on. It's very too long. Let me tell you something. 
Number one, my audience at the Indianapolis Star or USA Today or any of the papers I write for, I'm writing for an audience that, that these things pertain to. Okay, you have to understand when you write a piece in a publication, it's not sky written in the sky for all the billions of people on earth to read as though it applies to those billions of people on earth. You write to the target audience, right? Like I'm not going to uh, write a piece in a plumbing magazine about uh, uh, how to do electricity, right? Like you, you, you write to your audience. So yeah, I don't think the Indie Star as readers primarily are uh, one minimum wage job. I, I have a problem thinking that someone working minimum wage at, at a fast food restaurant, busting their hump, by the way, and this is not disparaging of them. This is disparaging of the letter to the editor person. I have a hard time thinking that person subscribes to the Indianapolis Star. Now, Nicole, I know, and this is condescending to you, I know that you're a couple years into your career, right? I am, yes. Do you think a minimum wage person in the year 20 of 17 subscribes to the Indianapolis Star? No, I don't. Okay. You make well over minimum wage. Yes, I do. <laughs> do you subscribe to the Indianapolis Star? No, I do not. Okay. So, so, so number one, that's a problem. Thank you, Nicole. Number two, I, I said that sometimes low wages are the culprit. That's the whole point. You have to realize I have 800 words to express a very complex idea. I, I, we, in this office, this building, all we do is fight to help people with their financial lives. We every day help people on minimum wage incomes, try to improve their financial lives. We have very sensitive, heated conversations about this very topic for this very reason that we got this email. Because we never want our advice to seem condescending. We never want to go to someone busting their hump, barely surviving, and go, you're not doing good enough. We never do that, ever. In fact, anytime someone hires us, a company hires us to help their employees, we point out the McDonald's story. The McDonald's story, a few years ago, McDonald's to say, decided, hey, let's get into the financial wellness business. Here's what that means to you. I'm in the financial wellness business. It's where you go to a group of employees and try to improve their financial lives to improve them as people and to improve the bottom line of the organization. That's, that's what we do. McDonald's tried to do this with their minimum wage workers. So their financial wellness program consisted of a mocked up budget, which uh, had the 40 hours of uh, a week. They, have, uh, they work at McDonald's. And in order for the budget to work, McDonald's, Put in there, they should probably work another 40 hours a week at a second job. Nicole? Sorry, I had to pick my jaw up. Off that the is ground. condescending. Yeah. That is tone deaf. Uh, we don't do that. You, you know our conversations around here. Yeah, I do. I'm, it, it's one of those we were very well aware of the line that we could cross with certain, you know, approaches to emails and questions and whatnot, but. It's, you just have to be aware. Here's the thing. Thank you. Here's the thing. There are two Americas. And I never wanted to believe this. I'm just, I just kind of thrown my hands up recently. Last year or so. There are two Americas. I'm late to the game. There is the America that makes above living wage. And then there's the America that makes below living wage. And we can act like race divides us. We can act like gender divides us. And by the way, unfortunately right now, we are very divided in both of those areas. 
if you don't believe me about the gender thing, uh, check uh, Cam Newton's comments to the uh, female reporter uh, down in uh, Charlotte this past week. But really what divides us is money, okay? Uh, People who make a minimum wage, which is well below living wage, they live a different life than you and I live if we make above living wage, which I do. I'll I'll speak for you. You probably do too. So I get it. Like, I I get it. I'm not clueless. I understand this. We study this stuff. And and it goes on in this article. You should do work with the United Way uh, to understand this. Guess what? I have. So before you fire off uh, letters to the editor, to my employer, saying that I'm clueless, by the way, shouldn't I be mad a little bit, Nicole, that my employer chooses to put a headline that says Pete the Planner is clueless? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What, how's that work? Are you supposed to be upset about that? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be like, I'm supposed to take criticism like that well. My wife, I told her about it this week. She's like, you can't let that bother you, and, which is easy to say. It does bother me because I take this very seriously. Especially, yeah, because it it's like you said, you have 800 words to... Yeah. yeah. Two Americas. There are two Americas. And I hate it, and it's awful, but it's true. If you live in the America below the uh, living wage, you, you are just surviving. None of my personal finance uh, advice that we give on a regular basis applies to you. Why? Because it's impossible. It is impossible. It's impossible for you to save for retirement. It's impossible for you to stay out of debt, to have an emergency fund. It is impossible. That's why my column wasn't written to that person. It's written to the people that subscribe to the Indianapolis Star, the USA Today, and a bunch of other papers across the country. Because demographically, the folks making below living wage, making minimum wage, are not subscribers to print newspapers. They just aren't. Sorry. I'm so sorry. So that's the first uh, letter this week. The next one's much easier because I don't mind criticism if it's it, like legitimate criticism. But, and I also don't like, it, you and I can disagree. Like email me. I don't care. Let's disagree. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. But let's not use the flamethrower. If I disagree, like this whole time, this lady's name was Jan Lindeman who sent this email from Indianapolis. Jan Lindeman. I'm not insulting her. I don't say she's clueless. You don't have to flamethrow or nuke somebody. Poor choice of words these days. You don't have to flamethrow someone when you disagree with them. Just point out a different point. I'm not clueless. Very sensitive, though. (laughs) Coming up after the break. Uh, It's hot in the studio today, or am I fired up? I think a little bit of both. I'm not going to lie. I'm on the, uh, I'm still off the coffee, as everyone knows, but I am having a decaf uh, cappuccino today. I bet that cost $3. It did. It did. All right, coming up after the break, uh, more of your emails. Right here on the Million Dollar Plan, I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion as strongly as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. 
I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Back on the million dollar plan. It's the uh, your email edition. We do this from time to time. <clears throat> yeah, I just coughed. I don't have a cough button. I should have a cough button. Cough buttons are expensive. Still need to cough again. Don't worry about it. I'm a radio professional. I'm going to turn away from the mic. <clears throat> See how that go. Oh, this is so uncomfortable. All right, let's. Uh, that's so unsightly. It's so gross. I had this thing like a few years ago. I've been doing a show for a long time. I did this a few years ago. I'd really get up on the mic even more, which is impossible because the mic is touching my face. Uh, and you could hear like me like smack my lips. It was so gross. I did. Anyway, this email came in because said financial advice for contract employees. Dear unpaid intern who answers Pete's emails. Really? I answer my emails. I read my email. (laughs) First, thank you for your volunteer hours. Hopefully this will count for college credit or something useful. Really? Second, I'd love to hear Pete do an episode of the podcast focus on those of us employed as 1099s. I'd be happy to be a Gwinnie pig, a Gwinnia pig. I believe it is Gwinnia pig. (laughs) Or listen to an episode for someone looking at the same options I am. Here's a short version of my story in case it's interesting. 34, male. Really? I assumed it was a male. No, Nicole, no, no woman on the planet would start the email the way this email started, would it? No. No way. There is I, no chance a woman would ever say, dear unpaid intern who answers Pete's emails. That is a dude thing. No way. When I read that, I was like, and you know, the irony is, is I'm the one who's probably closest to have been an intern. Yeah. And my internship was paid. <laughs> right. And I got college credit. We've never had an unpaid intern here. No, I haven't. I think. I mean, know. I give them hand signed uh, glossies of like my headshots. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good pay. Yeah. Uh, here's a short version of my story in case you're wondering. 34, male, getting married in the next few years. No kids, no debt. I spent a decade or so chasing my dream of coaching triathletes and running a bike shop. How does one coach a triathlete? I don't know, but I'm interested. I am interested. I'm definitely interested. Um, I don't have the body of a triathlete. Nah, but you have the bike. I do have a bike. Listen to this. Nicole, when you think about... Uh, do you ever do gymnastics? You were a dancer, right? You did, did dance. Mom tried to do the whole gymnastics and dance thing, but the high beam bars just yeah. were not my thing. Have I ever told you my coaching theory of why coaching might be one of the weirdest things in the world? No. It has to do with gymnastics. So, like, greatest gymnastics coach of all time, uh, U.S. Women's Gymnastics, his name is... Bella Caroli. Thank you. Correct. Old Romanian guy, right? He's Romanian? Yeah, I was going to say that sounds... He's got a bushy mustache. Looks like a push broom on the top of his lip. Impressive. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, for him. Yeah. Thanks on his behalf. <laughs> He's sort of a, a, a pudgy looking dude. And he coaches world-class... Like, how do you teach someone to be a world-class gymnast when you're an old Romanian man? Like, I don't under... Romanian has nothing to do with it. Like, I, I've never understood that about something like gymnastics. Basketball or football, I kind of get. But but something like gymnastics, like, how does he know? Like, wh- wh- right? Is he getting up there with him? Right. I, I have never understood that. And it's yeah, really a... Questions. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, living paycheck to paycheck for quite a while without saving for retirement. And switched careers to financial crime. Stopping it, not committing it. 
Really? That's interesting. I want to have the guy on to talk about that. I've spent the last 18 months trying to be aggressive with catching up on my retirement savings, and I'd love to hear how I'm doing and what I can do better. Appreciate the hard work you do, the bad jokes Pete tells, and thanks for your time. Again, this is directed to our unpaid intern. Okay, Aaron. Aaron, the guy's name's Aaron. I, uh, Nicole, you weren't around for a couple years ago when I had the beef with a guy named Aaron, were you? Uh-uh. Oh, man. Well, I do have a fun fact, though. Yeah. Our guy Aaron was sent an email from myself this morning asking him to submit a formal application to be on the podcast. <laughs> nice. We'll have him yeah. on. Well, he's going to have to use his real name. Um, so anyway, great question. Let's talk about it. The What's the old Spider-Man thing with great power comes great responsibility? I don't know. We'll go with that. Uh, Spider-Man's uncle, I believe, said that. Um, anyway, so here's what the deal is. When you're a 1099 employee, when you don't get a W-2 and your employer doesn't help facilitate the tax paying process for you, it's on you and it's, it's a little difficult. It's kind of hard, right? So here's what you have to do. Number one, don't ever get in tax trouble. If you're a 1099 employee, that is rule one through 35. Don't ever get in tax trouble. Talk to an accountant. I don't care if you don't think you make enough money to be have an accountant, go talk to an accountant. And I don't mean a strip mall accountant, no offense, strip mall accountants. Go talk to an accountant, uh, a CPA in your community and say, look, I'm a 1099 employee. I think these are going to be my wages. How much should I set aside? So every time you get paid, Aaron, that's your number one priority. I know you want to catch up on all these other things and we're going to get there in a second. But if you're not moving at least 20% of your gross wages, off into a tax account, I, I, I'd be terrified. I spoke to a, a group of realtors last week and this week and next week. I'm going, Nicole, I'm going to the Ho-Chunk Casino next week in Wisconsin. Oh, maybe they'll give you some casino cash. What's a what's the Ho-Chunk? Is that like a, what is that? Could you find I, out the yeah, origin of Ho-Chunk while, I'm, while I'm talking here? So I'm talking to realtors next week. Realtors are a classic example of a 1099 employee uh, that, that sometimes struggle to set cash aside. For them, I mean, so Aaron, you may have a regular income that is 1099, but oftentimes when someone is a contractor, 1099 employee, they have a weird frequency of income. It's very, it's, I was about to say, it's very variable. I think you can say that. It goes up and down. And so it, it's challenging for them because when they have a, a, a lean month, they may want to take money out of the tax account and pay it. So again, rule one through 35 for anyone that is a contract employee, set at least 20% of your wages aside for taxes and possibly more, but you need to talk to an accountant about that. And you need to put it into an account, like lock it down, lock it down and never grab money for it unless you're paying taxes. Number two, when it comes to retirement, you obviously are not going to have access to a company's uh, 401k because you are a 1099 and not a W2 employee. And so you may think, well, all I can do is uh, put money into uh, an IRA or a Roth IRA and cap out at $5,500 a year of contributions. And then you may think, how will I ever fund retirement if I can only put $5,500 a year away? And the answer is, we want you to get a solo 401k. A what? A solo 401k. Um, so here's what here's the deal. You you can't have any employees personally, okay, other than your spouse. 
There's no annual paperwork filing until your account reaches $250,000 in value. And you'll be able to contribute like over $50,000 towards retirement. Um, so you, you definitely want to take a look at that. You could also take a look at a simple IRA as well, or a SEP IRA with a simple IRA you could put $12,000 a year into. Talk to your tax advisor about a solo 401k, a simple IRA, or a SEP IRA, which are going to be better than a Roth or traditional, as long as you don't end up with any employees. If you end up with any employees, then you're going to have to make contributions on their behalf. But the the, the real challenges here for you, in my opinion, uh, again, taxes are the only thing I really care about in your situation other than retirement. Um so you might consider incorporating potentially for for tax reasons. Nicole, did you find something about the Ho Chunk? What is Ho Chunk? I did. They were a tribe in Wisconsin. And a tribe. Yes, a Native American tribe. Really? Yeah, the Ho Chunk Nation of Wisconsin, in the United States, formerly known as the Wisconsin Winnebago Tribe, is one of two federally recognized tribes that was once a single tribe, formerly known as Winnebago. Wait, wait Winnebago? Yeah. Wait, I'm going to the Ho-Chunk Casino, which is part of the Winnebago tribe? Eh, that's what pick Wikipedia Man, what a, what, a, what, a, what a world this is. Yeah. I never have been to, what's the right term? It's not Indian Casino. That seems like a pejorative. Yeah. A Native American Casino? I guess, I don't know. I. You I won't find me gambling. You won't find me gambling. Uh, all right. So that's the, this question. Where are we at, Nicole, uh, time-wise in this particular segment? I want to make yes. sure that we don't miss our commercial breaks, which is a bad thing. Let's take a break. Uh, so that's the answer, Aaron. And maybe you need more than that. So come on the show if you need more than that. But taxes is a big issue, and then you need not a Roth or traditional IRA. Get a simple SEP or a solo 401k for retirement. Uh, it's much more efficient. All right, coming up after the break, we're going to deep into the Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com mailbox. I'm just going to open them up and see what we got. I'm not even going to screen them. That's next on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Mailbag edition. Now, I just opened up the mailbag like five seconds before we went to air here. Nicole, the first email I see, I'm not giving any names here. Although he did give the prayer hands at the end of the email, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Pete, good morning. Just read your paycheck to paycheck article in USA Today. Are you ready for this, Nicole? I don't know. This is going to be a pretty big I told you so moment, but I don't do things like that. <laughs> I am a well educated, well established and chair of an anesthesia department, which I can barely even say that word. I make more than a half million dollars a year, still in my first marriage, 
and happy, but live paycheck to paycheck. Due to work and other commitments, I have difficulty managing and setting up data-driven goals. Please help. Nicole, <laughs> this is my point, people. Yes. It doesn't matter how much money you make as long as you make above living wage. People live paycheck to paycheck all the time. I haven't told an NFL story in a while, have I? Of like when I used no. to work with uh, football players? You, you kind of touched on it, but yeah. we didn't elaborate. We didn't have time to. So I used to work with uh, professional athletes a lot on their, uh, their physical fitness. No, their financial life. And um, so here's what happens. Those guys, and you don't, here's, the, here's the other thing. You're going to play little tiny violins because you're not going to care. But please let me get to the point. They get paid 17 week, weeks a year during the season is when they get paid. The other 35 weeks a year, they don't get jack squat. So if you live paycheck to paycheck because you let your ex, uh, your lifestyle expand during those 17 weeks, then when you get to the 18th week and you didn't make the playoffs, which may possibly be the case for the local team, then you are in trouble because you live paycheck to paycheck and you got no more paychecks for 35 weeks. It doesn't matter how much money you make if your habits aren't on point. This dude makes $500,000 a year. I'm doing some math here. I couldn't do it on the fly, so I got to grab my calculator. Nicole, I want to I want you to close your eyes for a second. Okay. You're not driving, are you? No, I'm not. I'm okay. sitting. Okay. <laughs> well, you do you do sit when you drive, but I don't want to point that out. Uh, close your eyes. Yes. I want you to imagine your monthly income. Mhm. $41,666.67 a month. Mm -mm. Could you do that or do you think you live paycheck to paycheck? Yeah. You know, I think I would be living paycheck to paycheck. Here's the thing. I'm not even <laughs> hating on my guy here because no. that is reality. It doesn't matter what you make. And when and, and if you if you're not making a lot of money and you're stressed financially and you hear me say it doesn't matter what you make, oh, it sure does. Shh. I'm shushing you. My finger is reaching through the radio and it is touching your lips. It, it doesn't matter what you make because that's the whole point of paycheck to paycheck is that that's why I wrote the column. Anyway, I will have to, I will have to answer this later because he, he, he wants help. Individual help. I'd be glad uh, to help him. Let's see what else we got. Ooh, an inheritance question. That's a little bit of a long one. We'll go with it. Pete, my husband and I are doing okay for now. We're both 67 and fully retired with $200 a month in pensions. That's not that much. And I've been working two part-time jobs that don't pay a lot, but are enjoyable and rewarding. Okay, before we go much further, I'll never get through this show, Nicole, because I interrupt myself a lot. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, no, no. Eh. Shh. Um, isn't this interesting? We're doing okay for now. $200 a month in a pension and two part-time jobs, and she's like, it's enjoyable. And then... Two minutes ago, we're talking about a dude with 500 gur a year in income and can't get it done. Perspective's a funny thing, isn't it? We're pulling $400 a month from one of our retirement accounts at uh, Edward Jones. I like to just call Edward Jones, Jones. My husband is collecting his social security and I'm collecting half of his amount, uh, which means she unlikely worked 40 quarters. Uh, I'll start collecting my full amount when I turn 70. I was wrong. They're doing the file and suspend, uh, uh, file and suspend technique. Our future looks okay at this point, but things are about to change. My mother-in-law recently passed away and my husband is inheriting about $500,000. Hey, you know what's funny? I know a guy that gets that every single year, which is way more than we need to live on. 
We got no children. I'm uh, paraphrasing. So there are no direct heirs to be concerned about, but we do have a great niece and a great nephew who are in eighth grade. My question is how to handle this windfall wisely once the money gets into our hands. Our tentative plan at this moment is one, for me to fully retire. Two, to set up monthly payments to our checking account to cover normal living expenses and charitable giving. I like this lady. Three, to set up monthly payments to our savings account to cover emergencies, large purchases, and travel. And maybe an occasional large charitable gift. I really like this lady. Nicole, this is the lady we need this week. I was just thinking, and I'm like, and this, my friends, is how you do an inheritance. We are all on this this rock together, man. I just like, I love this lady. She's thinking about other people. She's getting $500,000 and she's thinking about other people. Uh, we're thinking of setting up two 529 plans at five grand a year to take advantage of the tax credit. Our financial advisor says we can have one of our IRAs send monthly tax deductible charitable contributions, even though we don't itemize on our taxes. Uh, blah, 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 blah. For what it's worth, our current system is set up on a spreadsheet. There are columns for household expenses. Thanks for your input advice. We don't want to blow this opportunity. Okay. So here's the thing. Sometimes when people send me these questions and they, they list everything out, they have, the question's already answered. They got this. Anyone that thinks like this, anyone that, that, that's an original thought is we need to set up monthly contributions to charity, you're fine. If you think that way, you can't mess up. I know that's not a great answer, but Nicole, it is so true. If someone thinks that way, if they think of others when opportunity comes a knock in, they're not going to run out of money. Does that, right? I mean, that seems obvious. No, yeah. no. If they're thinking of knowing that they're putting their money somewhere where it's as soon as they send it off, it's gone and it's going to someone else to better something for them. For the community. Like, yes. that's the thing. Like, you can better yourself by bettering your community. Yeah. I think people forget that. They're like, hey, I just got an economic opportunity. I want to better myself. It's like, you can do that via your community. If the community gets better, your life gets better. I will also say uh, an important point here. She didn't mention stuff once inheritance emails are always i get them i've got them for over a decade and they're always a little weird i look for stuff or i look for stability that's my thing these days she didn't mention stuff once well we're thinking about getting a bass boat not that there's anything wrong with that nicole the last two fishing expeditions i went on uh little hour excursions just at the uh, local ponds yeah didn't catch anything Aww. i might have to find a new bass hole Ooh, challenge accepted, that I think. That was bass hole for those listening at home. Okay, so... <laughs> what? Nicole, stop it. Um, so that's where we're at. Uh, this lady's fine. They can't run out of money. She has a financial advisor. She was happy on $200 a month of pension, working two part-time jobs in a little bit of retirement. She's fine. She can't possibly mess up. I'm going to mark that one too. I'm going to email her back later. We read these sometimes. Um, oh, let's find another one. Mm, ooh. Oh, not that one. Okay. <laughs> ooh, ah. Uh. How about this one? My husband and I will turn 65 within the next six months. I'm retired and he may soon follow. Just waiting on Medicare eligibility. You do realize, listening right now, that the reason you'll be able to retire is because you become eligible for Medicare, right? With the healthcare system and the ways in this country, retiring prior to 65, you have to have a ton of income to afford healthcare. We can draw enough investment income, 4%, and with my pension, that we probably don't need Social Security yet. Our planner 
says draw social security sooner rather than later as he anticipates social security changes and maybe wants more of our money to stay invested should we wait until we are 66 and a half or even later i don't want to be a 90 year old widow sitting on a pile of money we could have enjoyed together on the other hand with no kids i know i'll have to be self-sufficient man this is totally an opinion situation here like i'm not saying your planner is wrong i view it a little bit differently I would rather you wait as long as possible to take social security. Um, yeah. And these are the good years. I would say if the market turns, like if the market turns hard, like really hard and we're in a, we're in a downswing, stop taking money out of your investments and start the social security. But as long as we're in this bull market where like my kids, 529 plans, college savings plans have, have averaged 9% over the last five years uh in the last year they got like 16 percent in the last 12 months let it ride baby let it ride let's keep going take those gains now uh but do not keep withdrawing four percent if the market gets hammered shut that down for a little bit start taking social security now that's the way we'll go that's how we do the uh that was fun right nicole we did some emails there yeah, that was fun I know what you're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking you just didn't want to play in a show today. And I would say to you, coming up after the break, we've got biggest waste of money of the week. Right here on the Million Dollar Plan, I am Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I got to do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. All right, wrapping this uh, show up here on the Million Dollar Plan with Pete the Planner. Go to PeteThePlanner.com. I don't know what you're going to do there. What people? What can people do there? Is it like a Sudoku? What can they do? Like read stuff. They could read our blog. Read our blog. Uh, my buddy Terrell and I, on our flight to Denver, we did a uh, crossword puzzle. He got most of them. He like, first of all, he grabbed my laptop and just started working on it. He was like a computer genius at nine years old. Went to an IPS school on the east side. God, who he's doing good. He's out with his dad, spending time together. They don't get to see each other a lot. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you missed the earlier part of the show. A random flight with a young man flying by himself. We got to be buddies on the flight. Listen to this. On the way to the airport, he asked his uncle to stop at Long's so he could get his dad donuts because his dad loves Long Donuts, Long's Donuts. And on the flight, Darrell said, hey, do you want a Long's Donuts? I don't think my dad would mind. So, I mean, come on. Is that not tear-inducing? I was kind of hoping you were going to bring this up because the Long Donuts was one of the things that really got me. I mean, taking a a person Long's Donuts is the ultimate expression of love. And number two, to offer it to someone. And I was like, no, thank you. Uh, Thank you. I mean, that is the sweetest thing, Terrell. But save it for your dad. You guys enjoy him together. How sweet is that kid? It's so sweet. He's nine. That's what I needed this week. Maybe you needed our show this week. I doubt it. Okay, let's. uh, this week's biggest waste of money of the week is Stephen Webster Beast Knives. (laughs) (laughs) 
Inspired by his recent Beast of London collection, these beast knives from jeweler Stephen Webster are unlike anything we've seen in the kitchen before. Commissioned by a client of Webster's, the blades were made using the Japanese Damascus technique, which produces the same effect used to make samurai swords. The bronze handles are carved in the shape of a rooster, also called a rooster, a bull, a ram, a boar, a salmon, and zucchini for the vegetable parry knife. Available through commission, Webster created a cock and bull carving knife and fork to complete the collection for $30,000. $30,000. You could hire a chicken to cut your food for you for less than $30,000 a year. Like a really qualified chicken. An organic one. Whew, that's it for this week's show. If you want to send us an email and maybe have me read it on air, ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Be good to each other out there. We're all in this together. This was such a hard week. Oh, man, this is a hard week. This is a hard week. We can't. We got to stick together, guys. We, we, I don't know. I was giving you the, the message of peace and love and peace and love, but what a hard week in America. We got to do better. Let's keep going. All right, that's it. Sending good vibes. We need good vibes right now. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the Million Dollar Plan. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. Salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?